Guys, good to be with you on a Friday afternoon. My name is Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us on the um, I Love Seville show. We're live in downtown Charlottesville, and we're excited to connect with you through the I Love Seville network. Um, it does look, if you can adjust the orientation on this at all, can you do that? I don't think there's any way to do that. If you go more narrow on a one-shot or have a camera specific for Instagram, you can't do that? Uh, I can go to a one-shot for you. I mean, we're on a one-shot right now, right? Yeah, but I mean a one-shot where you're centered without the, the PTIs. Yeah, why don't you try that? Let's see what happens. And then we can rotate the PTIs and then flip back and flip back and forth. Instagram, we are trying to live stream directly to IG and the I Love Seville account. You're literally seeing us trying things on the fly to make the network better. Our I Love Seville Instagram account, yeah, I mean, that's it right there. And then what you can do is you could conceivably, um, for the lower third, you see my name on there, remove VMV brands from it and just go CEO, comma, I Love Seville, J-Dubs. And then maybe we can figure out a way to stack the, uh, when you come in on a two-shot and stack it mm-hmm. on top of each other. So that way you can get on there. So there's one on top of each other. So you literally are seeing us on the fly trying to make this network better. And a lot of folks don't realize this. This will be the first, first uh, update the lower third, CEO, comma, I love Seville, and center it. And that'll be the one moving forward. Um, Cy Young 637 on Instagram, hello, S. Uh, S. Dean, BG, hello, Diane, Norton, Thomas. I mean, the Instagram account could be absolutely in fire if we figure this out. Alex Winton, hello. Um, what we try to do with this business, and there's a few businesses we run here, we run this podcasting network. Podcasting network is about to get a new show added to it in January. I hinted about this yesterday. Um, but Hillary Lewis Murray um, and, and I are, are partnering together. I will not host it. I will not host it. She will host the show specifically herself. She will have uh, executive producer and host uh, carte blanche. Um, but we're working on uh, the specifics of a deal for her um, hosting and producing a show in January once a week where she can champion female business owners, um, local stakeholders and politicians, stories that pertain to audiences of, of, of um, you know, national and local and regional uh, mindsets. Um, I think she's got a voice that is valuable and should be heard. So I'm kind of letting a little bit of the cat out of the bag here. Hillary Lewis Murray. Um, and I are in the, I call it the top of the ninth inning of a brand new show that would launch in January on the I Love Seville Network. I want to ask you this question, viewers and listeners that are watching the show. How can the program, how can the network be better? How can it get better? Every month we try to make the show better. Like here we're trying to figure out how to live stream directly to Instagram, which we're doing right now. And we realize that with Instagram there's 12,800 followers on this account that can now watch us on IG and a lot of folks are specifically loyal to that platform. We um, are routinely um, adding new social channels or apps that air and archive our shows. We are expanding the content funnels with new partnerships. One looks like it's about to launch in January 
with a show that's got a female focus. I think we need a, a female voice on this network. The, the network is dominated by, by men, and having a female voice on this network I think would be valuable for the network and specifically for you, the viewers and listeners in the community. So I'll ask you, the viewer and listener of our Fine and Fair talk show, how do we make the I Love Seville network from your perspective? One of the things you've seen us do this week is we've started highlighting the viewers and listeners that comment on the show. Top 30 viewers and listeners. We have a ranking of our 30 what we call uh, top contributors. And the second topic that we're going to talk about on today's show, Mary Baldwin University partnering with Amazon Web Services, was a topic provided by James Watson. You have a university in Stanton, Virginia, that is forming a partnership with Amazon Web Services to help fill technology jobs. And Mary Baldwin University, starting this coming fall, 2024, will offer degrees and certifications for cloud service jobs. I mean, this is fantastic. Amazon is investing $11 billion, $11 billion with a B, into Louisa County. And here you have a university that says, look, Amazon's putting all this money in the area. Why don't we start offering certifications and degrees for locals to fill these jobs that are on the horizon? And Mary Baldwin is a university that is very regionally tied in its student demographics, specifically folks, the, the students at Mary Baldwin University, strong ties to this Charlottesville, Central Virginia, and Valley um, area. So I want to talk about that on today's show that was provided by James Watson, who is number five in our family of our power ranking. Can you get James Watson's photo on screen? Is there an opportunity to stack our two shots so you can show up on the IG, Judah? Mm. Where, like, you take the screen like this, look, and half is me up top and the other half is you? Sure. There's James Watson on screen. It's a good-looking man right there, James Watson. Looking sharp. We'll talk uh, Virginia basketball here. He, James Watson is number five in the family. You can find the power ranking on ilovesevil.com right now. ilovesevil.com forward slash viewer rankings. I got these questions I want to ask you, viewers and listeners. What is, um, who would you prefer to develop the truest bank site? I don't know if you've, you're following the news Instagram, and you can go back to me on a one. You know, we can only have, we only need to have those shots up for about four or five seconds. Um, the, the truest bank site on Ivy Road, right there by Foods of All Nations and, and, and Moe's Barbecue, there's a truest bank. This um, site is about an acre. It's an acre parcel. And the owner of this site is an out-of-market developer. See if you put the lower thirds on screen for this one, Judah, the UVA versus out-of-market developer, what it looks like on IG. Um, and the out-of-market developers called RMD Properties. They own 2117 Ivy Road. And right now, they are spitballing, and it's beyond spitballing. It's, you know, a developmental proposal for a 10-story building that's 130 feet tall with potentially 242 apartments on Ivy Road. It's already a cluster duck, quack, quack, quack. We've covered this very closely on the show. 
but I haven't asked you this question. Is it better for the community, or would you, what would you prefer if you're a community member or if you're a local? Would you prefer to have an out-of-market developer reimagine this one-acre site, or would you prefer the University of Virginia to reimagine this one-acre site? There's pros and cons to both. And I want to unpack those pros and cons with my colleague, Judah Wickauer. Once you update that lower third so I can see it, I'd love to get a, a stacked two shot so I can see on Instagram instead of a side-by-side. -side. All right. And if that's too challenging, let me know. We'll talk about that on today's program. Who do you prefer developing the one-acre parcel on Ivy Road by Moe's Barbecue and Foods of All Nations, an out-of-market developer, or the University of Virginia. On today's program, I want to talk turnover um, at the uh, Charlottesville Almoral, the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Natalie Mastery resigned. A lot of folks surprised by her resignation. Um, right now, the position is up in air, who the new CEO is going to be. I want to ask this question. On the heels of the surprising resignation of the um, Charlottesville Chamber of Commerce CEO, who'd been on the job for, I mean, Natalie had been on the job, what, just less than a year, right? A handful of months? What's the future of business networking? What is the future of the Chamber of Commerce? It's no secret, and I'm a huge fan of business networking, I'm a huge fan of the Chamber of Commerce, but it's no secret the Chamber for some time has been trending older with its demographic. I think that's fair to say, right? I think that's fair to say. So I'm going to ask you this question. What is the future of business networking, and is it tied to an official um, organization where people are paying dues to, or has business networking evolved into a different capacity where perhaps it's not a dues-based organization? We'll talk about that on today's show. We will talk um, basketball with Virginia and Northeastern set to tip off Saturday at 6 p.m. Tony Bennett's got a top 20 team here. Top 20, top 22 team. I want to talk about can this Virginia men's basketball team make a legitimate ACC regular season championship push, ACC tourney push, Sweet 16, Elite 8 push. Is Tony Bennett's team, his current team, the most athletic team he has fielded in the Tony Bennett era here in Charlottesville? Is the upside so significant that this could be a Final Four bunch? All those topics and more on the show. We'll further introduce you to our 30 most influential viewers and listeners. We have a ranking on our website. But I want to lead with this topic. And, Judah, if you have a two-shot ready to rock and roll, let me know, because I would love to see it. I'm working on it. We're trying to make the network um, on the fly better. Let me know. What, what, what's ETA do you think on that, too? Uh, not too long. Okay. All right. Viewers and listeners, this is what I want to ask you this question. Logan Wells Clayla, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you kindly for joining us. Vanessa Parkhill, we'll get to your comment here in a matter of moments. 
we're literally doing something on the fly. It's like throwing the spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks with live streaming directly to Instagram to try to reach 12,800 followers on the I Love Seville Instagram account. Um, how do we make the network better? That's a question for anyone that's watching the show. How do we make the I Love Seville network better? We have thick skin. We are open-minded to constructive criticism. How do we do what we're doing on a daily basis better? You may want to take off the uh, lower third and just go to my name there. I'll give you some updates of what we've done, and then I'll ask for your opinion of how do we make the network better. We've been at this for, you know, in this podcasting network capacity, five, six years. We've, maybe you go studio camera so I can show them the set. Judah, we've completely created this set. <coughs> Let us know we're on studio now. Yeah. We've completely created this set. The TVs, the branding, the lights, the flare. We had a much smaller table previously. It's a conference room table now. We've updated microphones. We've updated microphone cables and cords, microphone arms. We've updated chairs. We've updated the lighting. For example, the lights that are hanging from us above, they are literally the light bulbs are $125 a light bulb. You have three, six, nine, nine of those light bulbs in here. We've added the branding backdrops. We have one, two, three, four, five, six. We have seven cameras, a soundboard, two MacBooks. Well, one MacBook, um, MacBook Air, and one desktop Mac. We have fans to keep the set and the equipment cool. We have um, desktop cameras for different vantage points. Um, seven tripods, including a double tri. Three computers, three different softwares that we've customized into one that speak the same language to do this. So what I guess I'm trying to highlight is, and if you want to go to a one, J-Dubs, that'd be good. What I'm trying to highlight is, is we're constantly trying to make the network better every month through either sweat equity or, or, or cash investment. Now I'd like to ask you, the viewer and listener, how we make it better. You got that two shot ready to go? Sure. Let's try the two. Let's see if it works on screen on the IG Live, and then I'll compare it to Facebook and the other platforms that are currently live streaming. We're literally trying this on the fly, and this is how entrepreneurship improves, how you improve models, uh, business models with, through entrepreneurship. You throw something against the wall and see if it sticks. Let me know when the two's on there. It's on. We're on a two, we're stacked on a two? Yep. Wow, good job, Judah. Um, actually, looks not bad. It does not look bad on the IG. It doesn't look horrendous on the uh, on Facebook and LinkedIn either. This has potential. We'll work, continue to work the kinks out. How do you think we make the, the network better? And viewers and listeners, I want your take as well.
I think we involve the viewers more. I think it'd be great to have the viewers come on the show more often. And you want to expand on that? Uh, does it need expansion? I mean, uh, we've had a few of the viewers on before. I think Ginny uh, did a great job when she came on uh, last week. I think uh, a lot of our viewers have a lot of interesting perspectives and, and uh, definitely would, uh, would like to give them the format to share their perspectives in uh, more detail than just uh, um, you know, the occasional comment. I like the idea of adding um, once a week spotlighting a viewer or listener. I like that idea. And I like the idea of, of um, making the network um, more um, diverse with its voices. One of my goals for the network in, in 2024 is to um, distance myself from other shows to allow others the ability to shine. Like new shows that are added to the network don't necessarily have to have me as a voice or as a talking head or as an on-camera personality. I think we have so much talent in the area. We could have individuals that are hosting their own shows on this network that do not involve me except for being behind the scenes offering guidance and advice and, and suggestions. Um, you saw that with what we did with the Kyle Miller show, show that airs Thursdays at 2.15 on this network. You've seen that with Today E Manana. I think you'll see that with Hillary Lewis Murray show. Shows that are not tied with me being on camera or on air or behind the microphone. I'm excited for that. Um, I'm also excited um, to introduce you to new people and diverse voices because all we want with the network is to be the water cooler of conversation. As long as that conversation is about Charlottesville, Albemarle, and Central Virginia in some capacity, I don't care how it's delivered. Now, obviously, it's not going to be in you know, manners that are... Uh, you know, on the cusp of breaking laws or, or, or some of this free speech. I think the free speech is gone too far on college campuses. I find it um, disheartening. And as I've said, I'm a champion of free speech, but to a certain line. Free speech that is divisive and racist is not something that will ever be tolerated here. That's why I've been so disheartened by some of the free speech or what folks have deemed free speech on Ivy League's heck, even at the University of Virginia. It's gone too far. So if you have ideas of how we can improve the network, let us know, because we're open-minded to them on the talk show. Sandra Holbrook and Carly Wagner, welcome to the broadcast. Logan Wells Clayla, welcome to the broadcast. Um, I want to get to the first topic of today's show, second topic, actually. James Watson highlighted this topic for us. Um, you know, I wouldn't say Mary Baldwin University is a particularly huge university, but they have news that was just reported that they've partnered with Amazon Web Services to offer degrees and certifications for cloud services jobs. This is going to start in the fall of 2024. These degrees and certifications 
will educate and empower those that attend Mary Baldwin University, and many of them are from the region, students, and potentially create a pipeline for what Amazon's doing locally and what Amazon is doing nationally and what Amazon is doing globally. I think this is a fantastic opportunity. And one of the things I want to highlight on the show is we have to do a better job of hiring within the community. And hiring within the community can be frontline jobs, yes. We need to fill police departments and fire departments and rescue squads. Hiring within the community can be teacher and educational jobs, absolutely. Hiring within the community can be retail and food and beverage and hospitality and music jobs, without question. But there's been a disconnect with hiring within the community and the high-dollar, white-collar jobs that are science, technology, engineering, math. If we continue to be a bastion of science, technology, engineering, math, um, employment, and opportunities, and jobs, and the folks that fill these positions come from outside the area, then it's just going to yield and lead gentrification at a much quicker clip. And I've been here 23 years, and in the 23 years I've been here in the Charlottesville area, a lot of me doesn't even recognize it. It's changed so fast. I mean, in the 23 years I've been here, I've seen a brewery, craft beer scene go from nothing, go from what, Star Hill and South Street, to us being one of the epicenters of craft beer on the East Coast. I've seen the vineyards and wineries explode, to now Wine Enthusiast Magazine is calling us the world's best wine region, and that's a global publication. That's bananas to say. I've seen the university sprawl, expand, sprawl, whatever you want to call it, now going down Ivy Road, where it's clearly the academic village or the lawn 2.0. More on that later. I've seen new schools birth left and right. The biotech and data science schools are good examples. I've seen buildings knocked down that I never thought would ever be knocked down. Did, ever, did anyone ever think the tavern across from Barracks Road would be destroyed or eviscerated or evaporated? I never did. The place was always packed. Anyone ever think Little John's would close? Michael's Bistro would close? Anyone think they would see the level of chains or corporately owned stores on the UVA corner like they do now? Anyone ever think they'd see a vacancy rate of 10, 11, 12% on the downtown mall, empty storefronts? I never did. Anyone ever think that Greene County and the city of Charlottesville would be completely connected by commercial and retail and residential development up and down the 29 corridor? I never thought it would, but look at it now. There was a point where the northernmost development or developed aspect of the city was Barracks Road. I remember when the shops of Stonefield were being developed. It wasn't even called the shops of Stonefield. It was called something else. Now you can go from Southside Charlottesville 
to Culpeper County, and it's just commercial and retail and residential development, all the way up and down the corridor. It's changing so quickly. But one of the changes, and change is inevitable, undoubtedly, but one of, the, one of the aspects of change that concerns me is we are evolving so quickly because of the educational and sophistication profile of the community. It's a smart, smart place to live. There are thousands of people being birthed or graduating from the University of Virginia every year. And these folks are going into the job market and many want to stay here. And as thousands of brilliant minds, 22 and 23 and 24 and 25 year old minds, come from the University of Virginia and as many of those thousands choose to stay in this area and create think tanks and, and, and science labs and family offices and financial firms and their next entrepreneurial endeavor or their first entrepreneurial endeavor, they are hiring for the most part from outside the community and bringing jobs or filling jobs here with folks that aren't tied to here. So one of the fastest and quickest ways that we can prevent gentrification in a completely new look for Charlottesville in this area is to figure out a way to take the folks that grew up in this area and get them jobs within the area. And those jobs aren't necessarily tied, <coughs> don't necessarily have to be tied to the customary food and beverage, retail, hospitality, music, silos of work like we've generally seen. You know who's been a huge proponent of this is Dr. Wes Bellamy. And Dr. Wes Bellamy and I don't see eye to eye on a lot. But one of the things we do see eye to eye on is hiring from within the community and taking the populations within the community who are historically marginalized, either because of education or race or finance or school, and figuring out a way to empower them. That's why I'm excited this Mary Baldwin thing. Mary Baldwin partnering with Amazon Web Services is going to take a school that, for the most part, for a large part, has a regional student body and is going to offer an opportunity for college um, degree and certification tied to Amazon. I think that's a good thing. Now, I want to weave Judah back in on the two shot as we figure this out. Mike Snyder, welcome to the broadcast. Let me know we're on a two. Two topics I want to talk about with you. All right. What do you think the future of business networking is? The reason I want to highlight this is um, the chamber CEO, Natalie Massery, resigned her chief executive officer position less than seven months on the job. Before that, Elizabeth Cromwell was the CEO. She held the position for four years, but she resigned in February, yeah. citing the stress or a need for different uh, work um, post-pandemic. A lot of Elizabeth Cromwell's tenure was done during COVID. So here you got Natalie Mastery, who's come on the program, resigning after less than seven months, and the chamber seeking yet another chief executive officer. I think the chamber still has value. We personally are not members of the chamber. This are companies. Um, but that's not that I don't see value in it. And I'm going to ask you this question. What do you think the future of business networking is? 
I'm glad you came to the expert. What do you think the future of networking is? It doesn't have to be business. I mean, you can utilize the concepts of what's the future of dating? What's the future of socialization? What's the future of, of sports? What's the future of nightlife? What's mm. the future of eating? What's the future of business networking? They all fall in the same category. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think it's something that we're going to struggle with in the years to come because I, I think a lot of the stuff is connected to, uh, to our overall health as a nation. Um, COVID was a serious hit to us, and I think it's changed a lot of things. And I think in the coming years, we're going to see a lot more change. Uh, kids, you know, pretty much have iPhones and iPads is a ubiquitous uh, part of their lives now. And they're going to grow up knowing things and doing things that we wouldn't have imagined as kids. And uh, it's, I think it remains to be seen how that's going to, uh, over the next few years, just change everything. I don't know that I have the answers to, to how it's going to change. No, I think you're onto something. And if the future of networking or what we call peer-to-peer -peer contact or peer-to-peer -peer interaction or human interaction altogether is technology heavy, which I think we, th we all see this coming, then what is the role of something like the Chamber of Commerce that is not necessarily technology focused? Like when the, ta when the Chamber of Commerce is looking to hire its new CEO, should the Chamber of Commerce be looking for someone that has the gift of organizing and galvanizing and strategizing people, but also someone that has the skill set of doing it through technology? Like, is the future of networking <coughs> having mixers at a bar or at an auditorium or in an after-hour spot and having people mingle and have to drive there and spend two hours in person? Or is the future of a business networking organization similar to online dating where those connections are going to happen online? I think there's certainly still value to, uh, to meeting in person. And I think in terms of the, uh, who, who they choose for a new leader, uh, they could, if they had a, if they had a, a good enough uh, support staff, I'm sure they could get by without being a social media expert themselves. But it'll... The I Chambers think, doesn't have much staffing. It's yeah. only a couple of people on staff. It's not like we have a right. deep, we have a deep uh, level of uh, team at the Chamber. I mean, it the CEO and the president are carrying a lot of the weight. I think now, they do have a board of directors be. that provides value as well. In fact, the former chairwoman of the board of directors is now the interim CEO and president. I mean, it'll certainly be an important skill to, uh, to be able to connect, not just uh, in person, where you can uh, look someone in the eye and shake their hand, but, uh, but also... Um, have the have the knowledge and skills to uh, keep in touch across a uh, you know a variety of a variety of social media platforms and uh, and also be able to um, be able to get people together, uh, connect people, and make those connections that are vital to uh, growing businesses.
I want to see the chamber continue to evolve, Judah. And I have noticed the chamber has trended older in its membership. Mm -hmm. And as business owners that enter the market that are younger than us, younger millennials and Gen Zers, their expectation for networking is going to be one of efficiency as they prioritize time. And as they prioritize time, perhaps at clips that perhaps we're not doing, driving to and from events or having two and three hour shake, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, meet and greet in-person events may not be seen as the most efficient way of networking. That's fair. I, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, the younger crowd will – maybe they're willing to, uh, uh, to forego actually meeting people in person. But I would tend to think that most business people, even the younger set – would hold some value in, you know, like I said before, being able to look someone in the eye and shake their hand. Um, you know, you're doing business. If you're putting your business on the line, if you're, uh, you know, if you're trying to uh, trying to raise money, trying to raise capital, um, I I still think that uh, that times and places where you can where you can actually talk to people in person will still be important. I certainly hope so. Carly Wagner, I see your comments on Facebook. This is live streaming to every social media platform now known to mankind. Philip Dow says, well said, Judah. Carly Wagner says, humans cannot thrive in a virtual reality. Put Carly Wagner's picture on screen. She's a key member of the family, Carly Wagner. She is number three in our power, uh, viewer and listener power ranking. Um, I hope it's in person as well. I really, really do. But I'm going to tell you right now, you look at the show that we're doing, and it's done completely digitally and through social. Mm-hmm. There's Carly Wagner. I would think the chamber should prioritize with its hiring someone with the skill set of taking the organization into a digital realm. No doubt. I also think the chamber needs to prioritize its membership and making its membership potentially a little bit um, more appealing to youthful business owners. Mm -hmm. Have you been to a chamber event of any kind? I've been to many. No. No? They are um, enjoyable, but there's not many business owners there under 40 and you can count on one hand how many there under 35, and I can't think of any under 30 years old. Hmm. And there's many that fit that demographic in the community. Yeah. Uh, last topic that I want to throw to you um, as we continue to evolve this technology, who do you think would be a better steward for that truest development property? And put Deep Throat's photo on screen. He's watching. He says, Deep Throat, number one in our power ranking, the university is less likely to build something on the truest site that creates a cluster duck in the middle of their own campus. So what the university will build in form is superior, but from a fiscal perspective, it is much better for a private developer to continue to own that land. Gosh, look at what he looks like on Instagram here. 
Deep Throat is an anonymous viewer and listener of this talk show. He says the best option is a private developer that is built a private development that is built to appropriate scale. But look, good luck getting that with the planning commission. Yeah. I've heard through the grapevine. This is strictly speculation that the current owner of the property doesn't have the money to take this apartment building and make it a reality. We're talking well over $100 million needed for this. So you think they're just... Uh, yes, jacking up, raising a ruckus to jack to up sold. the value to create an exit that's more lucrative for them. Yes, 100%. I think the University of Virginia would be a steward of this property because they would fit the Ivy Road model the Ivy Road Academic Village 2.0 um, vision that they have. But as we've highlighted, if UVA buys another property, it takes it off the tax rolls, which increases the tax burden for all of us. Yeah. The time will eventually come where the University of Virginia will have to offer up money every year to offset the burden it's causing on citizens when it's taking properties off tax rolls, payment in lieu of taxes. That time is coming. Do you think maybe they'll just start expanding out into uh, Albemarle rather than Charlottesville? They're already doing that. Yeah. That's already happening. Are they, do they have the same deal with Albemarle, or do they just have carte blanche to... Uh, Albemarle County, Charlottesville City, you name it. When it's purchasing the nonprofit arm, they don't pay taxes on it. It's not specific to the jurisdiction. It's specific to its nonprofit status. Wow. Yeah, it's not just Charlottesville. And they're the large. They're they're having the same impact in Almaro County as well. So I would like to see in this particular project. I do not think the out of market developer, from what I've heard, has the money to bring it to market. Hmm. I think eventually the university will take over ownership of this project, and it's going to fall into the vision it has for Ivy Road. Time will tell. We'll talk about this on Monday. We'll continue to improve the technology on the show as we're live streaming literally to Instagram right now. It looks good. I want you to pick apart the Instagram feed here and tell me what you think, not now, but after the show and how it can be better. One thing we could potentially do in this box is put the headlines on screen so folks can see it on IG where your two shot is. It's going to look odd on... We'll try things. We'll throw things against the wall and see if it sticks. Virginia basketball plays Northeastern on Saturday. That's a 6 o'clock tip-off on the ACC network. 6 o'clock tip on the ACC network. Um, we'll get better every day for you on this network. And if you have an idea of making the network better, reach out to me, please, because we're very open-minded for your ideas and suggestions. He's Judah. I'm Jerry, and it's the I Love Seville show on a Friday. <laughs>